Field Report. I'm Kyle Carvello, and as always, joined by Mr. Drew Olson. Drew, how you doing? I'm great, man. What's going on? How are you? Living the dream right now. Me too. On, uh, on today's episode, uh, we have a member of the Lone Star Brigade, Jeremy Ballou. Jeremy, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing great, man. I'm uh, geared up and ready for Sunday. Fan, who isn't? <laughs> yeah, I know, after right? That, after that wonder goal, who isn't ready? Oh, God. That, I've, I've watched that a thousand times. Think of magic. <laughs> I remember, um, I'm sure we'll get more into this later, but I remember when that strike hit, I just looked at it and I'm like, that was so damn beautiful. My fiance is right next to me. He's like, who are you looking at? I'm like, here, that was a goal. Uh, I love you all the same, but that was really pretty. <laughs> My mom was eating a salad next to me, and she was like, oh, good, we scored. That's nice. Uh, and she was like, so this this means you're going to the final? And I was like, mom, there's another game after this. Come on. <laughs> you don't know how many times I've had to explain the whole home and away lag and aggregate scoring and away goals because nobody really understands it. Yeah. Oh, I tried to explain the, uh, the away goal rule to my fiance. She's like, why can't they just win? And I'm like, great question. Dude, away <laughs> goals is such a stupid rule. I know they do it because UEFA does it, basically, but it's just a stupid Well, here's rule. the thing. I, oh, you know, how about we push this to a little bit later? You know, just... <laughs> Jeremy, uh, let's start with you. Uh, who are you, and uh, why are you a Timbers fan? Well, I'm sure you guys all remember a guy back in 2011 by the name of Kenny Cooper. Um, We're familiar. Kenny F. and Cooper. <laughs> I was, um, and I'll, I don't mind saying this, uh, before the Timbers were, before I got word of the Timbers, I was a lukewarm FC Dallas fan. Yep, I said it. Um, I didn't really watch them too much, but then I started watching Kenny Cooper. I liked him play. I liked his play and his style, um, and he was a finisher, and he reminded me of myself when I played in high school and college, and so when he went to Portland, I said, oh, cool, Portland, they're an expansion team. Expansion teams usually have a lot of uh, a lot of crazed fans, and the, the games are going to be crazy, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to watch it, and when the Army sang the national anthem, I was hooked. Um, my wife, that didn't really watch any soccer before she married me, she said, wow, why is there a European game going on at this time? And I said, no, this is uh, not Europe at all. She said, are you serious? Where is it at? So this is in Portland. She said, oh, my gosh, I thought it was in England or something. <laughs> and so um, from that point on, that's where my love started for the Timbers. Now, are you from the Dallas area? I'm actually from Waco, which is hour and a half away from Dallas. Okay, not too far. Which explains the lukewarm FC sure. Dallas fan, yeah. Are you in Dallas now? I am in the northwest corner of Iowa right now, as we speak. But that's, that's like I said, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I think my wife's family's like... up here, so. But do you, do you live in Dallas? I live in Waco. Okay, you still live there. Okay, sweet. Yeah. Cool. So you're so you're, I assume, flying back to Iowa sometime later this weekend, and then uh, and then making well, a road trip up or whatever. I wish we could fly. We are driving <laughs> back Saturday Fair. morning, so uh, I will get home. I will get up early Sunday morning. Grab some PVC, drill them, and then head up to Frisco late morning. <laughs> Sweet. So you get some two sticks, or what's what's the PVC for? Oh, the flags. Okay. You know? Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. 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 Let's see. What um, what away days have you been to? Maybe just run through them and give us your favorite. Yeah, I mean, because I'm I'm in Texas and I I can't afford to get up to Portland, and well, I mean, of course you're staying away days, but. Um, I've gone to all the, all the Dallas and Houston away matches. Uh, but I think my favorite one was actually the gold cup where we beat FC Dallas. I think it was three to two. And that was one of those where FC Dallas had about 30 to 40% of that stadium was full surprise, surprise. Um, but it was awesome. Cause we had, we had 80, 90 army members there and it was just fantastic because it was also the only game I've ever seen in person where the Timbers have won. Oh. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Until this coming Sunday, yeah. Right? Correct. Yes. <laughs> cool. And that was a a nag. That was one of the Nagby goals, right? That yes. was one of, like Nagby's Nagby's best game, where he like ate the Dallas defense. Oh God! It was I mean, he, he up and down the field, man. They couldn't they couldn't touch. Well, they, they couldn't touch him. That's awesome. Uh, and so you, were you there earlier this year for the game? I was the other. 
the other game, which we don't need to get I, into as much. Uh, but. <laughs> yeah, that was that was brutal. And I, I keep hoping that Major League Soccer eventually figures out, hey, maybe uh, we shouldn't have so many games in July in Texas. But, you know, I know it's, you can't exactly do that. But uh, it was brutal. It, and the Dallas fans, they don't understand the point of us cheering for the entire game if we're losing. They they just they can't grasp the concept. They kept telling us, "Hey, you know what the score is, right?" I'm sorry. That's all right. Have you been a fan for a week? Oh, <laughs> hey, nice new? Mavs jersey there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Actually, I think it was. I want to say it was a Dallas game. I remember they cut to the crowd at some point, and there's some people in like Sounders gear there. It was like, yep. I was just like, oh yeah. Ugh. Tells the story really. <laughs> <laughs> But if I'm not mistaken, they haven't even sold out uh, Toyota Stadium yet, have they? No, they haven't. And it's funny that you That's bring that awesome. up too, because they were they're pleading with fans to buy tickets for the the Portland match, and we actually read something on one of their fan pages calling our Lone Star Brigade chapter a bunch of posers. <laughs> wait, wait is this I, an actual Dallas page? Like, is it a fan page or from FC Dallas? It, it's oh, it's a it's a fan page. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, there's. Uh, and going off script, but this I just got reminded of this. Isn't the soccer Hall of Fame going there in Which the future? Which makes absolutely yes, zero sense whatsoever. Yeah. I don't understand. Yeah. Why? I, I mean, why not? The only connection I can make to it is because it's a uh, it's the FC Dallas is still owned by the Hunt family, right? Yes. That's the only connection I can see because the Hunt family had so much to do with the early Major League Soccer days. That's the only team still owned by the Hunts. Is it? Okay. And it's it's the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open, too, which mm-hmm. kind of makes sense, yeah. I guess. But, yeah, right so That's on. really the only connection I can see to the Hall of Fame, but I think that's still a terrible location. I agree with you 100%. No, I'm actually expecting to make a half-empty Dallas Stadium, which would be great for us. There's no way it'll be half empty, right? They'll, f- I mean, it'll fill. They will. I mean, they, they did have about seventy-five percent, eighty percent max. The first game, uh, the game that I was at earlier this year, um, but the, the sidelines, up near the top and the corners are always empty. And they have their, they have the beer guardians or whatever they call them. Um, <laughs> And they kind of chant like two or three chants, but then they have this drum corps on the opposite side that you, they they just beat on drums. They don't sing, and it's just it's annoying. Weird. It's it's annoying. <laughs> it's like a crappier version of a marching band. Yeah, it it really is. But and they don't even march. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant. You want to jump into the game? Run Let's through get into Sunday. The game. All right. Pretty well. Uh, yeah. What, you go, Kyle. I already. So, yeah. For those of you who have not watched, and I, I don't think you exist as people if you didn't watch the game, but the Timbers won three to one against FC Dallas uh, on two set pieces. Um, both of our center backs scored. We had a, a Ridgey roll in the thirtieth minute, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and then Nat Borger scored at the very end. And then we had a it's an absolute wonder goal from Dairon Espria, which I have never seen something more pretty in my entire life. My fiance <laughs> better not listen to this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think it's worth pointing out that uh, our corner kicks, we had a, first of all, we had a lot of them, and Nagby's was putting them on point, and mm-hmm. and I think part of that it seemed like Gonzalez, um, is it Gonzalez, their goalkeeper? Um, I think. <clears throat> Um, was a little hesitant to come out, and Ridgewell, uh, Paparato actually was on the last one, really skied to, to win the header that, um, Borgers eventually nodded in, or, uh, kicked in. But, uh, it, it was really, in the run of play, we weren't necessarily phenomenal outside that first 20 minutes or so, but those two set pieces really, I think, uh, were the difference, and, Nagby taking those corner kicks was interesting because you got to wonder if Flair's going to be taking them in the second leg. So, well, also I, I want to note though that um, the FC Dallas goalkeeper is a Mexican U20 goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have a ton of experience, so to me, those are both mistakes on his part. That he, oh, the second one was kicked out of his hands, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I mean the second he, one, he actually made a nice save initially. 
I don't think he could, you know, he, both of them I could still argue that are, you know, inexperienced mistakes from the goalkeeper. He probably should have had a more commanding presence. And he's a big guy. He looks like a pretty big guy. But, you know, rookie mistakes, and we punished him on them. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I actually don't think they were really all his fault. Maybe he should have been a little more proactive, but on the Ridgewell one, I guess he could have stepped a little sooner, but mostly Ridgewell was completely unmarked on a corner yeah. kick. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think he got a mod body up there, and then he, like I said, he made a nice save on, on Borcher's goal. It was just, again, nobody stepped in front of the, the defender to, to block it. it yeah. Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. I was going to say, it, just, it was almost... The F's, the, the Dallas defense almost looked surprised that Ridgewell was coming up, and which could explain the reason he was totally unmarked, but there's lack of communication, and and that all the you know doesn't only just fall on the keeper, but it falls on that back line too because you got to communicate. Um, he the on the on the second on the Borchers goal though um, he did he made the, that initial save and sometimes it's, you you get those crap goals and you know we've had a lot of crap goals scored on us so I think it's only fair that we were able to take advantage of one. So. Amen. Yeah. No, you're definitely right. I, my only point is I would say you know. As a keeper, and what I look for in a good quality keeper is you got to command your defense on set pieces. Yep. Yep. You know, you the do. fact that you know Ridgewell was left that open, you know, it's not 100% the goalkeeper's fault. You're right. I mean, there's other people around him that should be aware, but I put the the keeper's kind of in charge of setting things up on set pieces. Who marks who? Yeah, absolutely. Completely agree. So, what do you guys think of uh, Jack and Milano? I mean, Milano had a nice first 15 minutes, although. He had a lot of turnovers later in the game, especially. Uh, but obviously, it's tough to fill the shoes of Larry Wallace anytime. Um, start with Jeremy. What would what, you think of those guys? And I, I, I really like. I think they played pretty well, and I'm curious to see whether they'll sub in in the next league. I yeah, I was uh, I was very pleased with the way Jack played, um, especially getting thrusted into the starting line. He's been there before. He understands the pressures. Um, he also is commanding. He knows how to command the players on the field. Um, Milano, God, that guy has just so much speed. And sometimes I wonder if it's the surface, why he turns it over. He should be used to the surface by now. Um, and maybe he, he sprints himself to death in the first 15, 20 minutes. But, I mean, I wish that guy was 90 minutes fit. And he might be. We don't know. Uh, I mean, because, you know, he, he does play for most of the game and then he gets subbed out. But I would like to see him play – the first or the the remaining time that he's got, I would like him to see him play that that way, like he does the first twenty minutes, because I mean he's so fast, he's so fast, and I was a forward in high school and college and before then, and I would turn the ball over a lot just because a lot of times with my speed it was uh, I would overrun the ball or I'd overstep the ball, so what happens? But at the professional level, he's got to control it better. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I think Jack, it, it'll be interesting because presumably we're going to go back to the single pivot for this next leg with Jack coming off and Villarreal moving on. You don't think so? I, I don't know because you have that cover that we had. I mean, Castillo has not been on his best form since being called up from Colombia, but he, you still need... He destroyed Powell. He destroyed he's Powell. Had, he's had one goal and like maybe four assists and since he got called up from Columbia. Yeah. I mean his finishing he could have had three goals in that game really. Like yeah, his finishing was terrible. Yeah. Uh, so but I still like the idea of having the double pivot and having, you know, any additional help on the wings. Yeah, I mean I, I dig that. So how do you think that lineup looks? Does does Nagby what I mean, how do you line that I up? It, I don't want to think about it, Drew. I really don't because it means maybe <laughs> Maybe Valeri has to go, and I don't think that's a good idea. That's not going to happen. Because he's no. so good with helping us keep possession, which is going to be essential. But the, the double pivot is really – I mean, maybe you do go back to single pivot because Wallace can help on defense. He's a lot more defense-minded than Espria is. So you know, switch that around. But I, I like the idea of doing the double pivot again because it provides all that extra cover. And I'm not saying we should park the bus. Because I don't think that's a good idea. I don't think we're meant to park the bus. Like, our team and this person now are not set up to do that. But I don't 
I don't want to think about this because I get like, anxiety trying to think about how, what we're going to do. Good thing uh, we don't have a podcast to talk about the Timbers, so you don't no, have I to know, worry right? about that. <laughs> <laughs> you have any thoughts on that, Jeremy? I, I just oh, – man, it's – I certainly don't want to – to just park the bus. I mean, that, that, that eventually you're going to get one through. You're going to you, you get two through. I think that you got to play at least the first 45 minutes like you're down a goal or, you, you know, the aggregates tied. You, you got to, you, you've got to assert yourself as the dominant offensive team. Yeah. They've got speed. And that's why having Valeri back is going to be so important to be able to control possession in the midfield. I mean, cause if we can keep Dallas, uh, off the ball and just give them counters. I mean, yeah, they're, they can be lethal on counters too, but if we can control the flow with, with Valeri back in the midfield and I just, I have, I've got a good feeling that, that we're going to get an early goal in the first half and it's going to, it's going to send FC Dallas into a panic mode, which it should, but I don't want to be playing 90 minutes of butt clinch, you know? <laughs> yeah, and I totally agree. And even, you know, when we try to sit back and absorb pressure, like, honestly, after Dallas scored their goal, the Timbers looked pretty terrible the rest of the game. Uh, you know, got lucky and pretty lucky on that corner kick to get the third goal. Yeah. But really, D- Dallas was dominating for most of the second half, especially mm-hmm. after they scored. And it was mostly because the Timbers dropped in and decided to play defense and seed possession, and it wasn't working, really. Um, yeah. So We're not I, I, to I, do it. Not. What's that? We're not equipped to park the bus. Right, exactly. Like this is a this is a team built for possession. So I hope that they go out and they try to not necessarily sit back, but maybe try to absorb the pressure and pass, like control mm-hmm. the ball, even if it's not a, a full throated attack. And I think the key will be trying to catch Dallas on the counter because obviously Dallas is going to have to come out guns flinging, right? Gun, you know, that's a I just yeah, that and that's, and that's, but, that's, that's totally a term. Yeah, right. That's, like because, and I think the key will be. If the Timbers can count, get that counter, absorb the pressure, maybe uh, you know, and then win it on a, and have Cora say get the quick outlet to Espria or yeah. Nagby or somebody who's going to put the wheels on, uh, and get it upfield as fast as possible. I think the Timbers' best chance will be to to do those quick counters, and obviously if they can get an away goal, uh, it's, oh god, it's, that would be huge. It's, I mean, it's almost over at that point, I think. I and I think too, uh, this the 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 most nerve wracking part for I know. For for us watching is that we don't want to see FC Dallas come out and score in the first five ten minutes. Yeah. Because that would be, you know, then then you're playing 85 80 minutes of butt clinch because we can't give up we can't concede an early goal, and you know like you said they're going to come out guns blazing and so maybe we can catch them on a counter and put one in early and if we put one in early that's probably not going to be the last one that we score. Here's how I'm seeing this. If they don't score in the first 15 minutes, the mentality is going to change completely. I feel like – because those first 15 minutes are usually always pretty hectic. You know, shit happens in those first 15. And if they don't score in the first 15, I think it gets a lot more desperate for Dallas. Um, that being said, I do also think that they're going to play just like they're supposed to play. You know, we'll see a very similar style as what we saw, you know, in Portland for the first 45. If they do not score – in the first 45, expect the kitchen sink. They're going to bring yeah. on bring on Blas Perez. They're going to, you know, maybe go three in the back and throw it all at us. And that's what I'm worried about. Is I mean, we can we can possibly get through that first 45. And if it, you know, if the plan A doesn't work, plan B scares me because Blas Perez is a is a douche. A <laughs> I giant can't douche. I can't stand him. I don't. And I, I've made Twitter posts about him. I don't wish injury on too many people, but <laughs> yeah, he is he definitely it. one of them. He's a douche. Unfortunately, he's still kind of good. Uh, oh, yeah, exactly. That's my point. Like, yeah. douche, Drew. Yeah. I mean, I actually wouldn't be – I don't think he'll start, but I would imagine he comes in pretty early because I, I, right before we started recording, I was watch, re-watching the uh, condensed version of the game. And, man, David Texera had two or three really, like – pristine opportunities that were on a platter. Mm-hmm. Especially that one where Barrios, in this instance, it was Barrios that abused Powell in the first half and went dribbled to the corner and put it across and Texera decides to try to like heel flick it in when really if he just cuts, makes contact, it's probably a goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Timbers aren't our heels. But uh, I, like I said, I, I almost wonder if 
Blas Perez is going to start the second leg. I don't think, I don't think that he Perea, will. That's the thing about Oscar Perea teams. He likes to go with what he like, he has confidence in his players, and that's not you know it's not un, unfounded confidence. Like he believes in all of them for good reasons. And I think it's going to take a while. Again, that's why I think the first 45 is going to be just like it was in Portland. And if it doesn't go according to plan, then you start going to see I, – I, you probably see halftime changes if it doesn't come in the first 45. Oh, yeah, you'd have to. And and, and I guess Texair probably fits a little better with what they're going to try to do in the second leg, which is just run run us to death. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if there's any weakness that the Timbers have, it's – and this happened quite a, quite a few times, really, on Sunday, which was that – Either Viafania or Powell get caught up in the attack, yes. which, you know, which is part of their great, you know, why they're so good at what they do. But they get caught high, and then they're one. I think it was the Hollingshead shot, uh, where Hollingshead oh, yeah. got behind Powell, who had gotten yep. stuck forward. Yep. And then uh, luckily we were he whiffed it. Miss that. <laughs> yeah, luckily he whiffed it. But it was a perfect example of them kind of doing what what I was saying earlier. The Timbers should try to do in the second leg, which is you know, absorb the pressure and then do the quick counterattack down the sides and our, our outside backs just couldn't get back. And, you know, goodness love them. Ridgewell and Borchers are, you know, maybe the best center back pairing in Major League Soccer, but they are not fleet of foot. So no. they're not going to, you know, they're not going to win a, a race with any of those attackers from Dallas. So, And that's the thing, too. I think that if we can stay... Uh, discipline you know especially if it is zero zero or you know maybe we're up one at halftime that would be nice um i don't think you're gonna have to worry about viafania or powell getting caught up in anything past midfield which is nice because dallas is so good and they're so lethal with that speed on the outsides that if they can just you know (laughs) i get not not essentially park the bus but um they can't get caught up like they did uh, Sunday night. Yeah, and, and, and they're not going to have Jack there either this time, probably, assuming they do. You know, Porter does go back to the single pivot, um, unless he has Nagby hang back. I mean, probably Nagby will be much more defensive than he was. Absolutely. Uh, yep. But but he's still not going to obviously be as conservative as Jack was. So it'll be interesting to see whether Powell and Viafani are a little more hesitant to get forward, especially because we're not at home. But uh, I think that's obviously something to pay attention to in the first 20 minutes to see how far those guys are mm-hmm. attacking. But also to that, I think, again, this is why you want to put Rodney Wallace in, because he can help defensively, and he can get forward. That's a really good I mean, point. Kind of the opposite yeah, of Milano is. in that sense. If Viafania needs to get forward, I don't think he'll see Wallace going forward. I think he might be hanging back. And if he he'll needs hang to play back, yeah, forward. that's a good point. Absolutely. Also, second thing, can we talk about how awesome Nagby was? So good, man. Completed like, 94% of his passes yeah. or something like that. Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah, it was super high. Mm. If you also notice, the only way Dallas ever shut him down was when they had three players on him. Like, I remember the few times I'm like, they have three players on Nagby. Well, and I think that was wow. I think that was by design. Like, they knew that, I think their plan was kind of like, shut him down and make everyone else yep. beat us. Uh, which, and honestly, could have worked. In a way, like, except for those two set pieces, the run of play, the Timbers weren't, you know, amazing but necessarily. See, again, this is my why. I mean, if you can imagine, you have three players on Nagby, but you have an open Valeri. I mean, that's just terrifying because then you have you know three players that should be you know at least one person who should be on Valeri. You know, as a wide open player, like Valeri's gonna go. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, I, and we haven't brought up the name Mauro Diaz yet, but uh, that guy oh, is uh, you know he's a ballerina in the in the central midfield and. Uh, it, it'll be really interesting again to see who he ends up. I, I would guess that Diego Char is going to be on top of him the whole game. And so going back to the whole one or two pivot thing, if you have you know Chara following Diaz all night, where's your additional cover on the wings? I mean, you might want that second guy just to cover, you know, Fabian Castillo coming down or something. Mm-hmm. That's why this is giving me anxiety, and it's terrible. <laughs> and and what we saw out of Morrow and some of the other FC Dallas guys, with the game being in Frisco, you can probably expect Char is going to get a yellow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean. <laughs> yep. Yeah. If he doesn't, <laughs> we're probably going to lose. <laughs> if he doesn't, he's not done a good enough job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> worth noting, though, that yellow, there's no more yellow card accumulation 
So Good. everyone can feel free. Uh, if there is a red card, that carries over that to MLS Cup. Oh, yeah, but, uh, absolutely. But yellow cards, we don't have to worry about that junk anymore. So that that will, I, I think that one probably ensures that he'll get a yellow card <laughs> at some point. Like he's got that wee way. Yeah. Yeah, it I was interesting because I was... Uh, I was watching with the crew of folks here in D.C., and there was a prior yellow card given in the game, and we had... They didn't have sound on because they had the stupid NFL games on, and we thought that he'd already had a yellow when he got one later, and we were like, oh my goodness, Diego Char just got sent off. We're screwed. <laughs> uh, but then apparently the previous one wasn't on him, so we were very relieved. Anyway, cool story, huh? Yep. Uh, <laughs> pretty cool. Yes, sir. Uh, so here's here's my last question on the the game for Sunday. So... I think Milano maybe had one of his better games with the Timbers. Still not necessarily uh, great. I'm going to stop right there, there, Drew. Okay. What game was better? I want to see more. I don't think – not so much that this was his best game, but I think a lot of what made him look so good was Nagby. Yeah. I mean, those through balls he was playing to Milano made oh, Milano man. look like a god. But I don't think you should give all credit to Milano for this game or for his good looks in this game. Well – uh, I mean, he made, the, he made the right runs, which, which... Oh, yeah, and he's smart. Like, he's definitely got the tactical awareness. And that's why I don't want to... I'm still going to hold up all real criticism on Milano probably until next summer. Because I think he's still adjusting. I think he's. I do think he's improving just in smaller increments. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I mean... Well, to, to get to... The question I was going to ask you is... I almost think he's not even going to play in the second leg... Because you think he'll keep Milano out? Yeah, I think it'll. I think Wallace will slot in over there, and Esprit has earned his spot. So, I, I hmm. think that it'll probably be Wallace coming in, and then rather than having Milano as a sub as he has been, I bet it'll be Will Johnson. I mean, obviously, depending probably depends on how the game's going. But if it's right. if it's a defensive sub, then it's got to be Will Johnson over him, right? Well, you would think, but I mean. Of course, I'm not a coach. Uh, I don't make the. I don't get paid to make decisions. But you do today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just think that, you know, I mean, you look at the first 30 seconds of that match. I mean, in all honesty, we should have been up 1-0. I mean, Milano, Milano's got to finish that. Yeah. And that was that ball was perfect, and that's that is such a a crucial dimension is his speed and speed kills and. If you can get him in one-on-one with the keeper early on in that game and we can put one away, God, that would be a huge sigh of relief. But like I said, I want to see more. He's had so many opportunities to put some away, and he hasn't done it. Okay, Drew. So I don't know whether I'm agreeing or disagreeing with you yet. But here's my point. I feel whoever you bring in late in. So let's say you either start Espria or um, Milano. You want to bring them in in the last 20 minutes and just tell you, run at the defense. Just mm-hmm. make, you know, pull a Maxi or Rudy and make everybody more tired. So that's why I, I kind of feel like Espria might be the better choice to do that, to make people tired. I don't know. I mean, Milano's fast. I mean, he can definitely, you know, keep up with him. You're going to be on tire legs. It's not going to happen. But I don't quite. I mean, Espria is also fast. So we can do that as well. I just I think I'd much rather have the Milano before Espria. Because uh, I feel like he can make those tactical runs. But yeah, either I, I like Espria like, better there because he's he's yeah, he's got the speed, but he's a little more willing to hold it up too, and it seems like Milano is always running straight at goal, which is, you know, usually a compliment, but that's not necessarily what you're gonna want if you're subbing them in late in this game. I feel like is more likely to possess a little more. But I mean I, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, it that's is. a I mean, we have really good two fast tactical wingers, and you know that's great. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm glad just... you brought that point up about Aspria uh, and his possession. I think at this point, you know, yeah, we we know that they're both fast, um, but Aspria Aspria can control the ball a little bit better. But I think it's great that we're having to to figure out. Hmm, we're 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 doing so well right now. Do we want to play Milano or do we want to play Aspria? I mean. That's a pretty good situation to be in. It's a good problem to have, yeah. Yeah, two guys who about two months ago we were both pretty down <laughs> nearly given up on. Pretty you know, Espria, I'm, I'm I'm glad it's you know it worked out because I liked him from that the one time he just took it to Vancouver 
when we were up there in BC Place, I, I was in, I see potential, but then he faded out through the whole summer, and I'm, I'm glad he's coming back and showing the potential that somebody saw him. Yep. I mean, uh, this is a stupid comparison, probably, but you gotta say of the two guys that came in this season between Milano and Espria, Espria's been better on the whole, I would think. I mean, I agree. And, I just think that and he cost 100 that. times less. <laughs> oh, you're, right. no, you're not wrong, but you also I think that Espria had a full preseason, more time to, you know, to be in this environment. True. And he's much older, yeah. comparatively. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things I don't think you can fairly compare until next summer. And That's then if it, you know, we're, we're in the exact same position, they're like, Milano, get him out of here. We're wasting too much money on the kid. And then by that point, they'll have won an MLS Cup and have that experience to, exactly. to fall back on. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I, would, I just want to make sure we're all in agreement. Do we think we're going to park the bus or go for the away goal first and foremost? We're going to go for the away goal. Yeah, I think. Uh, okay, yeah. Yep. Uh, so say we all. Yeah. Yep. Which, I mean, you know what? I'm not, I don't want to say anything. Don't want to jinx anything. Not going to bother saying anything. You know, Kyle, the, the day I realized that the clothes I'm wearing or uh, how I'm sitting in the chair or what I'm drinking had no effect on how people actually play soccer games. <laughs> that, you know, whether I take shots with picklebacks or not doesn't actually affect <laughs> the results of the players in the field. It was just like a weight lifted off my shoulders. First and foremost, you can talk to Scott Brown about that whole me jinxing shit. All right. And he'll tell you a story about that. But, uh, Jeremy, Correlation does not equal causation, my friend. Yeah, I'm aware of that, but you know what? I don't, I don't have time for your shit, okay? So, Jeremy, you missed this beforehand, but I've become quite superstitious on game days where I don't wear a Timbers jersey on game day because oh. the last time I wore a Timbers jersey on game day, we lost to Casey at home. And well, I have not worn one since, and we have not lost. If you wear a Timbers jersey, then we're going to ask for your head on a spike if we lose. So. Exactly. Yeah, Drew, what happens if I wear one and then we lose? And I'm like, Drew said it was fine. Drew told me it was cool. I'm yeah, a, I guess I'm that means it's super- my fault that the Timbers will exactly. have lost, right? Exactly. <laughs> I'm a very superstitious person, too. Um, I mean, I know one of the parts is our, uh, you know, where we give our predictions for the score of the game. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm superstitious. I don't give out the score. I can give yeah, out information how I think we're going to play, what I hope happens, but I will not give out a score because it, I think it's bad luck. <laughs> I respect that. See, again, yeah. I have no problem giving out a prediction because I'm fully comfortable with the idea that I have no frickin' idea or influence. <laughs> what the heck's going to happen? That's how insignificant I am. <laughs> okay, but it's... I just want to talk about this. So let's say we get, let's say we get, let's say we get a goal, goal in the first 30 minutes and it puts us up 4-1 to one on aggregate. Then we're parking the bus. Then we're parking I, the bus, yep. Do we think so? We're not going to keep pressing them? Do we think we can withstand what is that? Uh, fifty minutes. sixty minutes of just without Dallas. giving up four goals. I'm. I like those odds. I well. I They've mean, put I, four on us before, Drew. I mean, they have the capabilities of scoring. That's not. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't doubt that. Please make no mistake. We've kind of talked up the Timbers this whole game. Dallas is still a very good team. Absolutely. And then you have Blas Perez, who's just again a douche. Oh, he can douche it up. Oh, that man. I'm repeating myself at this point, but I just think if we sit and let them come at us and then get the quick counter, not necessarily play defensively, but, uh, you know, they're going to be putting everybody forward, and so they're going to be really prone for us to to get them on the counter. And I think Espria and Wallace and Valeri and Nagby are going to be the guys that we feed to down the sidelines, and then you try to find Audie's head or, you know get a set piece you know they're gonna have to foul and i think that's our recipe and again that's another way of kind of slowing the game down and, and mm-hmm. keeping possession if we can uh, yeah, as well actually, i think that's gonna be definitely a key is slowing the game down i think if you give just you can't let dallas play the way they want to play the whole time they're, no. they're too fast and they're just gonna be in a rhythm especially if they i mean if, god forbid if they nick a goal they just they're gonna want to keep going and that's when you gotta slow everything down mm-hmm yeah, I mean, I think if they score a goal in the first half, that's that's going to be scary. I think the first half, it, it, to me, it comes down to the first 15 minutes. Because if they get one at the 45, I still think we're okay. I still think we have another complete half of soccer to play, and then you have that break. But if it's that first 15, they could get that second. 
the second goal in the first half, which we that's not no no bueno. Oh god, y'all are making me yep. nervous just talking about that. <laughs> Trust me, I've I've been having anxiety <laughs> since Sunday night. Have, a, have another sip of whiskey. Well, I don't know. oh man. So uh, so Jeremy, let's. Uh, I think we've beaten that horse to death. What do you? What are the uh, the plans for? The, the game on Sunday, I assume there'll be a tailgater festivities of some sort, right? Yeah, that's that has been um, a vast majority of the Lone Star Brigade folks. Is we love the the, the tailgate aspect of it. Um, we we generally have a good crowd, a good Timbers Army presence there, and so we think it's it's just better to to mingle and really meet the meet the folks that we haven't met already. Um, We've got some great tailgate games. Uh, we got plenty of grills. We got guys that have brought kegs before. Uh, it's it's great. So we're, I mean, we're gonna we're gonna give it a go again. Um, do we know? It's, like I've, I've been up in Northwest Iowa, so it, it's cell coverage is premium at a premium. But um, is it a four or six thirty kick? It's uh, it should be a four kick four p.m. Yeah, that's local what time. I thought. Okay. Yep. Which means I'm gonna wanna get there around noon. I mean, because it's an open parking lot anyways. It's right across the street from the Londoner, and that's where they usually park us anyways is that very back spot near the Londoner. And we're going to start setting up shop there. Um, I'd like to start setting up at noon. Um, but I'm there will mistaken. be – Go ahead, Jeremy. No, no, go ahead. I was if I'm not mistaken, uh, the, uh, the Timbers Army section um, has been sold out, if I'm not mistaken. So I don't oh, know man, if there's any, is... I don't even know if there's any tickets available even left just for anybody listening trying to think they might get one. I don't think that's possible. Well, well you can find your way. Yeah, I should, yeah. Okay, it's not easily accessible. Yeah, um, I haven't heard on. I mean, I just assumed we would sell out the allotment. I mean, 250 is just for when you hear the 250 allotment for people coming from Portland. There's no way they'll sell that. Well, they don't know Timbers fans too right? too well. And so I knew that we would probably sell out the allotment. And of course, a lot of us here in Texas get FC Dallas emails because some, you know, they, hello, they got to do BOGOs to yeah. fill up their stadium, right? And so in years past, when we have sold our allotment, some of the fans will buy the, the BOGO section and they'll move us up to the Army area, which Dallas is not good with security. Um, they don't know anything about buffer zones. They don't – They. it's just – it's never a good – there's always something that happens in Dallas. And I got word not too long ago that they had originally talked about spanning the Timbers Army at the very top of three different sections, which would be a terrible idea yeah, considering their lack of security. But they've got that ironed out. Um, I can't wait to see what 250 Timbers Army is going to sound like. Uh, that's just going to be music to my ears. That's bigger than the Dallas supporter section, isn't it, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, probably so. Um, they probably they have close – I'm trying to think how many they got back there. But It's not a you, big section. No, it? it's not at all. It's not at all. I, I think it might be – it might span across the back line, and it might be four or five rows deep, wow. maybe. And they don't all jump up and yell and chant the whole time either. Here's the boring part. So for folks that are like flying in, I, I've already seen a bunch of people posting on social media like they're flying in on Saturday for the game, looking for rides. What's the for someone flying in like? How do they get to the stadium? Are there any good eats nearby that they can check out if they're just in for like yeah, 24 hours? Yeah, I mean, um, one thing that a lot of folks in Portland aren't aware of unless they actually look it up is Frisco is a good 30, 45 minutes away from Dallas. Um, and they have, you know, dart buses and stuff, but it's pretty expensive. So what we had recommended to several is there's a, a quality inn and suites or something right there by the stadium. And it's actually a nice area. Um, it's fairly new. Um, and hello, it's Texas. So who, who doesn't want to have some, some good Texas, uh, Mexican food, Tex-Mex, whatever. So there's the blue goose. That has fantastic Mexican food, fantastic margaritas, um, you and go. you've got you've got your American eats too. They've got um, they've got a I think it's called Doties where you can get Cajun food, and then there's the Londoner pub. I mean, it's not great, but it's a pub. It's a nice atmosphere, especially for for soccer fans. Um, there's plenty to do in that area. Like it, it's a nice area. 
So if you're stay, if they were staying in that area, they would be fine because there's pl- there's plenty of things to eat. There's um, plenty of areas you can shop in. But I mean, downtown Dallas is nice, but you're gonna you're gonna pay a pretty penny getting to and from, you know, to to the game and from the game using a Uber, taxi, or the Dart. So so make a friend and find find a ride is yeah is that's the... <laughs> yeah and I was gonna try and think about maybe having my wife drop me off just Sunday morning somewhere in Frisco on the way back from Iowa, but I think we're going to leave early enough Saturday where I'm going to get a little bit of sleep. Won't have to worry about that. Sounds like fun. (laughs) Oh, yeah, 15-hour drive. It's a blast. Cool. So looks like I just checked the forecast. It's looking like it's going to be mid-50s. The percentage of rain odds keep dropping now. What's it say now for you? I don't know. Doesn't show me. Okay. It was at like 40%. And now yeah, it's it at was like at 30. 40. Yeah. But it looks like Timber's weather. Yeah. It does. It looks and, like and, Timber's weather. And that's one thing that I think has affected us when we play down there in July. Is completely agree with you. It's so completely hot. Agree. It's so humid. And that is kind of out of our element. So it takes some getting used to. But, hey, we're getting down there at a good time. It's going to be, you know, upper 40s, maybe low 50s match time, maybe some rain. I mean, that's. That's Portland weather. That's Pacific Northwest. I think that you're not going to see much of a change in play like you, we normally do when we play there in the hottest part of the year. I mean, I completely agree. I think even I, I think we talked about this when Bryant was on here um, back in the summertime. That you know, after the 60th minute, we just look gas when we play in Texas in the summertime. That's yeah. not going to happen. I mean, we still can get. It's going to be a very different type of tire. It's not going to be from heat and you can't go on anymore. Yeah, exactly, and that was the frustrating part when we played in Dallas earlier is I didn't feel like we pushed very much, um, and it was just I, – I walked away from that game. I thought, holy crap, that was such a boring match. I didn't feel like there was there was no urgency. We didn't try to really put anything together. Like, you know, the the heat, humidity took a lot out of us. Drew, what do you think about weather? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you guys said it. I mean – it's if we don't get a result in this game, there's no excuse. Is someone being strangled at the mall, Jeremy? Oh yeah, there's a bunch of little kids running around. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm moving away right now. <laughs> just just want to make sure everyone's all right. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I I mean, there's we can't blame the weather. Like we've got the advantage. This is a game that if again, like I would. If you had told me we'd be in this position a month and a half ago, I would have said you're insane. But if if the Timbers don't move on from this, given how it's set up, like it's a huge disappointment. Yeah. Oh I yeah. Agree. I mean, it gutted. Salt Lake. I mean, there's gonna be. We will have no excuse. We have we have the advantage that we want. Uh, we're playing in you know Pacific Northwest esque weather. And we're playing very well on the road right now. We have no excuse. Yeah, that's another thing, Cedric. We're one of the better road teams. So, you know, I think we were one of the top two road teams this year. And mm-hmm. We're not going down to the heat. Can't argue with that, can you? Now, Drew, and it's also why I, I, I mentioned this earlier in the show. You don't like the away goals rule. No, it's super dumb. Here's why I'm okay with it. Because in before, because the away goals rule isn't is, is relatively new to the MLS Cup playoff system. It's only been I think two or three years at the most. Before mm-hmm. that, the statistic always said whoever hosted the second leg could win because you could park the bus in the first leg. You can simply say that we would not be in the same situation. Like Dallas could have parked the bus in the first leg now, but they have to come out if they got that away. I mean, because they got the away goal, we're still talking about they have a shot. I mean, they're not out of this. Don't no, no one should think Dallas is out of this game. I think it makes. I mean, I've. I don't like it because they they, just, they did it because UEFA does it or whatever. But I definitely think it makes you know both legs a little bit more even footed. Well, I agree. but but you go back to the Vancouver series and we basically scored that first goal and it was the end of the series. You know, like, the opposite of tr- is true in a lot of ways of what they're trying to avoid is we were totally content to go for a 0-0 draw at home in the first leg, knowing that 
we could go to Vancouver and get a goal. Again, statistically speaking, the home team usually does better. Yeah, home team wins 50% of MLS games. Yeah, like, so I mean, you can't really... I mean, yeah, so just make every goal well. worth one goal. That's all I'm saying. Make a goal worth a goal. I just think it avoids... Because we, okay, also, we didn't park the bus in the first game against Vancouver. No, we came out that's to what we did. So yeah. it's not like we But we were also to totally content to play 0-0. Zero, zero. Sure, and I'm sure Vancouver was content too. Like, they didn't give up any goals. And they had the same well, opportunity we had. <laughs> I was I was pretty uh, I was pretty pissed off when we we couldn't put one in when we had Vancouver at home and I said you know th- those are the games you you've got to you've got to win at home and draw on the road but again usually it would have felt like a loss but I'm thinking you know what we could go there and draw one one two two and we're coming home we're we're not going mean, we're coming home to advance to the next round I mean. Um, I'm kind of torn. I, I like the away goal scenario mainly because sometimes it can benefit you, and when it benefits you, it's nice, and when it doesn't benefit you, you're pissed off at the sure. rule. Yep. But um, but I, I I do see both sides of the uh, the argument, though, because they're trying to make the games more interesting and make it to where you can't just go out there and park the bus. But, you know, if you do draw it home, you go there, you go on the road, and you score one goal, and then you park the bus, and – then you get another one, and, it's bas- and you get one goal on the road. Like you said, it's it's basically over. So, it's it, you certainly see both sides, and I'm kind of on the fence. I I don't know if I if it matters one way or the other. Yeah, Not, it, yeah. It, on the whole, it's a pretty small thing to care about, but it is. And it's not going to matter. No, not at all. So, I drew. I think you're the only one that's going to give a prediction today. How about you? Give <laughs> Why aren't you? Oh, I'm superstitious as hell, Drew. I don't wear a jersey on game day anymore. I'm not, I'm not saying nothing. All right. Uh, I predict the Timbers win 10-0. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and... <laughs> well, that's all. That's, that's all I got. Okay, uh, fair enough. Adi with a uh, sextet of goals. <laughs> now, uh, I, I won't give a prediction, like a, a score prediction, but... I do think we get at least one goal. All right, that's a prediction. I really do. That that'll do. Yeah, that's um, that's bold. I just I think we're I think we're too good offensively right now. Um, Dallas yeah. is going to be scrambling early, and I would not be surprised if we took that away goal early on in the match. I agree. You're going to give us anything, Kyle? Um, you can predict I, I, that you won't be wearing a Timber jersey. <laughs> yes, I can, I can safely say I will not be wearing Timbers jersey. But um, I I predict that Columbus will advance over New York. Take there that. you go. We had to go on a limb for that one. I, and I, I, I think Columbus will be I'll make it through New York. I think I, they they you know, they went up to nothing. And I mean, I think regardless of who advanced in the East, I think if the Timbers were to make it, I think we could take the Eastern Conference team. I, I completely to, agree. Yeah, I mean, going on the road obviously will not be super easy, but I, I, I do. I think especially if it's Columbus, the Timbers have a good yeah, shot. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if Columbus, Columbus makes it through, they have a they have a lot of defensive issues. Like they they like to get forward a lot and they leave a lot of space in the back, which I think we can exploit. Absolutely, Jeremy. I just uh, I just googled Waco to Columbus. It's only sixteen hours forty five minutes. Okay, so Jeremy, you want to hear something? You, can... you want. <laughs> you want to hear something really crappy? <laughs> yeah. So um, last week, my boss at work says, Jeremy, I need you to fly to Amarillo and give a presentation, um, and you're going to need to schedule your flight so you fly out on Sunday, December oh. the 6th. <laughs> and Jeremy, I said, so rough. am I doing the training on the 7th? And she said, yeah. And I said, so I'm going to Amarillo. And, and if you, y'all, may, y'all may not know about Amarillo, but it's in the Texas Panhandle, and it's just flat, ugly, nothing to do. They have a nice Paladero Canyon that's pretty to look at, but I will be probably sitting alone in a bar um, with all my Timbers regalia on, and people are going to look at me like I'm nuts because it's Sunday, and we know in Texas football is king, right. American football. So that's – oh, God, it's so disappointing. That is just <laughs> oh, so disappointed. And I will say I will not be wearing my um, – let's see, I've, I've worn – 
I haven't worn it in a while because every time I wear it, we lose. So it's it's one of my USL no pities. It's uh, green and yellow. I will not be wearing that. I'm not taking it on Sunday. Um, <laughs> nope. No, I'm I'm too superstitious. Now, Drew, you're gonna if we were to make it, you're gonna going uh, you're going to either Columbus or New York for the game, correct? Yes, sir. I'll be there. Good for you, buddy. Uh, yeah, good man. for you. I mean, I. New York would be easier, but uh, oh, yeah. I was at Columbus I, earlier this year and I had I really enjoyed it there, so I'm I'm up for either. I will be going to New York if we were to make it to New York. I will not be able to make it to Columbus, unfortunately. Too far. Now, what's the me. reasoning behind? Too far? It's just too far. I mean, I have to work that weekend as is, and uh, I'm just hoping that I can get out of it, or I'm not going to <laughs> do it at all and just go to New York, but it would be a little bit too difficult for me to... New York's only three hours for me as opposed to Columbus, which is a lot more. Cool. Hey, you know what, though? The true fans I'm will be 15 there. Hours to, oh, thanks, I'm, I'm Drew. Appreciate that. 15 hours to, uh, to make sure I'm back in Dallas for oh. the game on Sunday, so... I mean, I'm just saying... Oh, thanks. Are appreciate you, that. Are you really Rose City till I die? You know? I hate you guys so much. <laughs> Until it's inconvenient. It's cool, man. Now we get it. You're like most people. Uh, You're just not a big fan. That's right. Uh, Drew, I hope you, uh, hope you die and fall down the flight of stairs. In that order. <laughs> oh, good. Then I wouldn't have to endure the pain then of falling. you wouldn't falling. feel <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right. We done here? Yeah. Gentlemen, uh, Jeremy, thank you very much for coming on. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks. Thank you guys for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, dude. Uh, good time. We'll be now, in touch. Yeah. Nobody's coming. Neither one of y'all are coming Sunday, right? No. Alas, no. Unfortunately oh, not. Man. But uh, I'm definitely hoping to get out to Dallas for a game uh, eventually. So uh, someday we will meet well, in person. Well, that needs to happen. <laughs> that needs to happen. Yeah, man. All right, gentlemen. Well, I appreciated cool. you having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks again. Uh, enjoy. Appreciate it, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. You guys have a good night. All right. Peace. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Hear it on the radio.